Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it's Naylor. If you wanted another way to show your support for the LCR Media Podcast, I put together some merch just for the LCR Media Podcast's exclusive hoodies, stickers, and some other merchandise that you can check out in the show notes. You can also go on the YouTube channel at LCR and see the visuals underneath any video that you play. You can see exactly what this merchandise looks like. So go ahead and check that out if you want us to show support for the show. I definitely appreciate you listening, leaving those five-star rating reviews, and additionally, maybe picking up some gear. Thanks, guys. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and on today's episode, I wanted to get a little personal and just really kind of take it back to some memories and some of the beginning times of my business. Um, This all was inspired by not too long ago, um, I knew my grandstand, Toro grandstand mower, stand on mower, uh, was coming up on 2000 hours. Um, I remember last season, you know, I've, I've had to had have to have had uh, a few maintenance issues and things kind of replaced and adjusted on the mower over the last recent years as it's getting older and older. Um, and it's, a, and I noticed it was approaching 2000 hours. And, uh, when I was at the dealer, you know, sometime last season, you know, they were saying, you know, you, you'll be lucky if you get like another season or two out of this engine before you start having, you know, some issues. So that was kind of like the writing on the wall for me where I, I realized I really needed to start reducing the hours on this machine because it was the only machine that I used. It was my main go-to machine. Um, I did have a walk-behind, a belt drive walk-behind mower that I started out with, which was also Toro. That's the first mower that I ever got. But shortly after that, um, two years later, actually, when the the new version, the Gen 2, Generation 2 of the Toro Grandstand came out in 2016, that's when I went ahead and purchased it. After I researched stand on mowers for over a year, went to the GIE plus expo and demoed a bunch of different brands and tried all, all them out. You know, they're all kind of have different, different little bells and whistles. And it's more of a personal preference. They all, you know, you can't test how they cut at the GIE. You know, there's no, there's only, you know, you, you can't regrow the grass for people to, to cut it and things like that. You can only ride it around and get the controls of it all down pat and see what feels the most comfortable. Um, but ultimately, you know, even in my a couple different dealers and my, my dealer, uh, my Toro dealer, you know, some other branded dealers in the area. I was able to demo some different mowers, um, and cut with them. At the end of the day, they all cut relatively the same. Yes, there are some pluses and minus and different types of grass, uh, and different types of mowers cut better, different decks cut better in different grass settings and all that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like a truck, a Ford, a Chevy, you know, um, 
Ram, they're all trucks and they're all going to get the job done. There's more of a personal preference and there are some pluses and minuses, different engines, different things here and there, whatever. But at the end of the day, it became down to personal preference and Toro is big in my area and I already had the Toro walk behind mower and I, you know, I thought Toro was a great company uh, and, and, I, and, and I really liked, I, it felt so natural for me when I got on the grandstand um, down in the GIE Plus Expo. Uh, when the, the new ones came out and they, they weren't even like selling them yet, but they were demoing them down there and I was able to ride on the new ones and it just, it felt so comfortable for me. And some of the other ones just felt a little weird. You know, they just, it just didn't feel the same, you know, just like I said, there's different, different things, different platforms, you know, whether you're standing in between the wheels or standing up, uh, up above slash behind the wheels, you know, foldable platforms, not foldable. I mean, twin lever, you know, quattro lever, you know, all these different things uh that 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 the mowers have different versions of and toro just seemed to have the 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 best combination for me that felt comfortable for me a a personal preference so again that's why it's important to try these things out if you can go to going to the gie you know down in in louisville uh um, kentucky every october is definitely key because all of the brands are there but again you should focus on the brands that you can actually get in your area and see if you can just demo them from from there. A lot, some dealers don't have demos; they're smaller or whatever. That might not be an option, but you can always try, you know, uh, so that you can actually get a good feel for the mowers to to really pick yours. But short story long, right? With me, uh, I ended up, you know, settling on the grandstand. I got the grandstand right right after I demoed all the mowers and settled in on the the, the feeling the the most comfortable on the Toro grandstand when I was at the GIE that's when um, I decided to come back and, and purchase one. So I had that, I've had that mower since 2016 and it's now 2021 that I'm recording this episode. So five years later and it just hit 2000 hours. So last, like I said, last season it was approaching 2000 hours. My dealer said, you know what they said? And I started thinking to myself, I really need to put the pedal to the metal to find not necessarily a replacement to this mower, but find a new main mower so that this mower can become the second slash backup mower. So like on some of the larger properties when we could use two mowers at once, you know, we'll, we'll obviously use both. Um, and then if for some, for some reason something happens to the to the, the new mower, you know, some maintenance issues or just has to be maintenance, you know, you got tr- flush the hydros and change all that out. I'd drop it off to the dealer for that kind of stuff. So I don't have to mess with all that oil changes and all that. I can do that my, myself. That's quick enough, but I don't like messing around with the hydraulics and all that. But anyway, stuff like that, you might have not have it for a day. So if you need to keep it moving, then you have the, the backup, you know, grandstand mower that's, that's older to help uh, increase its lifespan by reducing the amount of hours by not making it the main actual only, you know, go-to mower at this point, because I barely use the walk-behind mower because it's just so inefficient compared to a stand-on mower. If it was a hydraulic walk-behind, it'd be a little bit better and more efficient because you'd be able to, you know, stop and go forward, backward, turn around, all that stuff a lot faster than changing gears constantly, you know, to second gear, reverse, fifth gear, revert, you know, whatever, um, changing gears back and forth, depending on how fast you want to go versus hydraulic. It's all about the pressure, however, how much, you know, however far you push the levers is how fast you go, stuff like that. So hydraulics obviously is the way to go, but starting out, I just tried to find like the most affordable option. So I got the belt drive, which was an affordable option. They're built like a tank. 
There's less maintenance issues for sure with belt drive because it's just belts and gears. So, I mean, those things really don't go bad unless, you know, you really mess them up or you leave them outside and they get rusted year after year or something like that. The belts do wear and stretch eventually, but I never had to replace any of my belts or anything on that walk-behind mower. And I had it since 2014 and I just got rid of it last year uh, in 2020. And again, you know, the the, the uh, lifespan was increased on the walk behind mower because I decreased using it as soon as I got the, the grandstand, you know, I use that all the time and I barely used the walk behind mower. Again, that became the backup mower. If for some reason I had to get something serviced on the grandstand, you know, there was like the hydros change or something or whatever, some weird situation here and there would pop up. I would have to use the, the, the walk behind or, um, I, if I, you know, was getting into a new yard that was just like overgrown and super tall and full of weeds or whatever, and I didn't want to have to go through the effort on the fly of like scraping out the deck and changing the blades out so I can continue mowing, you know, my, my traditional well manicured lawns, I would leave my grandstand for that and load the walk behind up that day so that I could use the walk behind to plow through like some of those bigger um, issue yards, you know, which I don't get too many of those anymore. But back in the day, in those days, I was just trying to take everything I could get. That's another story for another day. I, I believe I touched base on a lot of this on a previous episode about route density. Um, but so I, I kind of avoid those na- those lawns and most of them don't aren't even attracted to me anyway, which again is a, a story for another day. But back then I, ha- I would get a lot of those kind of wacky yards, super overgrown weeds, some fields, things like that. And I would just use the walk behind to plow through that stuff because I knew it was going to jack up the blades. And if it was wet at all, it was going to cake up underneath the deck. And I just didn't want to worry about doing all that right at, right after that property when I still had X amount of yards left to do that day. I didn't want to have to be out out there in front of this person's house or whatever, scraping all this junk out and throwing it all. You know, I, want, I waited till the end of the day to do that. Um, when I went back to storage or my house, you know, at one point in the, in the beginning until I moved to storage and I would do it then, but this way I kept my grandstand nice and clean and the blades as sharp as they could so that I could mow my regular weekly yards with that. So anyway, that's just kind of my philosophy there with, with the different mowers and all that. Again, different story for a different day about knowing your equipment and types of equipment. That's a whole nother episode in itself, but I still had the walk behind. It was my backup. My grandstand was my main, main, main uh, go-to mower. And now this is what I want. I, I want to basically cycle everything through, right? So I, I, I actually traded my walk behind mower into my dealer. You know, I gave it to them when I made my new purchase of my new grandstand multi-force that I got at the end of last year to be my new main mower. It's basically a grandstand, but it's a multi-force. So you can attach things to the front of it. It's got a receiver hitch and hydraulics and all that. So you can power the attachments, raise and lower them, move them around, all that kind of stuff. There's different attachments, plows, uh, a leaf blower, you know, um, snow blower, all kinds of stuff um, that they keep adding on onto their assortment now of attachments. So that's why I wanted to get the multi-force versus just the traditional grandstand, you know, like I, like I already had, because I could see the options of my business growing as my business was growing. I could see the options uh, of being able to add these different attachments on as I need them in my business as it grows. So that's why I got that. So that's the, that's the, my new main go-to mower, which was reducing the hours off of my grandstand mower. And then I no longer need the walk behind mower. So I traded that in, uh, my dealer gave me a good deal on that to put towards the purchase. So 
it's, it was like kind of a down payment, you know, on like a car or whatever, you know, you're financing. So that, that obviously lowered the amount that I was purchasing at the end. So that's that whole story. Um, and to, so just recently I hit 2000 hours on my grandstand and it, that's just a super monumental number for me. I mean, it may be not really mean much to anyone, but 2000 is a pretty big number. I mean, when it hit 1000, I was like, man, we, we hit 1000 uh, hours on this bad boy, you know, and it's a lot of hours. I used that mower a lot. I mowed a lot of lawns, you know, by myself. And now I have a crew and we mow even more lawns, you know, which why, why we need a couple more mowers and whatnot. So, uh, it hit 2000 hours and I'm like, man, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have had a lot of mowers that start to fail after 2000 hours, you know, they, they blow up or they're just, um, you know, they're not necessarily grandstands. They might be different zero sit down, zero term mowers or whatever, but you should be able to get a good 2000 plus hours out of any good engine for a mower if you take care of it right. And I haven't had a single issue with that engine. Anything that I ever had to get serviced on that mower had had to do with something other than the engine. Usually it was the hydraulics and it wasn't like it wasn't ever the pumps, it was like seals that, you know, broke or or you know, wore out or whatever the scenario is, you know, um uh uh a belt or a hose or you know just different things like that, regular maintenance stuff that had to be replaced over time, you know, so not, not, nothing too crazy um, and nothing had to do with the engine. So I've been very impressed and I hope that it will continue on. But the reason uh, for many years to come now that I don't, don't use it all day, every day, but the main thing, the main reason why I'm making this episode and why this is going to get a little more personal is because when it hit 2000 hours, it really made me re- remember how, crucial this mower really was for me um, because everything that I said in the beginning um, you know it really took my business to the next level I started in 2014 or 2013 2014 um, and I because I was part-time then went full-time but I started with my so well I technically started with a, a my 22 inch Husqvarna you know auto pace you know mower there and, you know, whatever little, my little Ryobi hand blower and hand trimmer that I had, and I saved up a little bit of money and got a, my Echo 770 backpack blower. So I was stepping up my game there and little by little started investing in other stuff like a steel trimmer and so on. But then when I went, what, decided to go full time and realized that I could really do something with this, but I needed a truck trailer and some commercial, a commercial mower. That's when I, uh, I traded in my Jeep compass and, and got a Ford F-150 and I borrowed money from a family member for a five by 10 single axle open trailer and that 48 inch Toro belt drive walk behind mower. Um, and I paid all that off, paid that person back, uh, by the, by the beginning of the next season. Um, so all was right in the world, but I was able to hit the ground running with like 30 something, uh, lawns and, um, use the more, more efficient, not the most efficient, the most efficient is a hydraulic mower, especially the stand on mower that I got the grandstand. But at the time, that was a huge step up, a 48 inch deck and, and a walk behind mower that's super powerful and I could cut through anything and doesn't bog, bog down all that kind of stuff uh, versus using a little a little mower, which I still use that from time to time for those small gated backyards and things like that. So it all still worked out. Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine are family owned and operated and conveniently located in Midlothian, Virginia. They can provide you with the latest and best in outdoor power products to make your outdoor living more enjoyable. Combine this wide array of selections with their friendly and knowledgeable staff, and they're convinced Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's small engine will become your only stop for all of your outdoor power needs. 
Go to terrysmallenginerepair.com or click the link in the show notes for locations and more details. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. That was kind of the evolution in the early times of my business. Again, that's another story for another day. I've talked about this on my YouTube channel plenty of times over at LCR on YouTube. You can uh, go on there and check that out and go back through some, um, you know, actually when you go on the main page, there's a video, uh, like a, a long, long in-depth, like one of my longest videos I've ever recorded from like back in the day of me um, talking about how I started, you know, everything I just said and more and a lot more behind the scenes about that and reasoning for this and that, and just a whole story. So you can get that full story over on my YouTube channel at LCR. You can just type in LCR or lawn care rookie on YouTube, or you can click the link in the show notes and that'll take you to my, to the uh, YouTube page as well. YouTube channel. So, um, so I, I talk about a lot, a lot of that in depth and I know, I know I'll talk more about this kind of stuff on, on the podcast later on down the road, but basically, um, right, you know, a couple of years into my business, I quickly realized how more efficient it would be to have a hydraulic mower in addition actually being a stand-on uh, mower. So that's when I got the grandstand, like I said, and it, it changed my business. I was able to add 10 to 15 more yards by myself and I wasn't as tired every day because I wasn't walking around um, behind the walk behind. Even when I had a Velky two-wheel two uh, Velky that you stand on and it's attached to the back of the mower and it just pulls you around. You just, you just kind of ride on it, you know? So it's kind of like a stand on mower, but it's a separate piece. So you couldn't back up without getting off of it. And it kind of flipped around and you went forward and it flipped back around, you jumped on it. So just that process constantly right there was a slower process. Yes. When you had wide open yards, it was a heck of a lot more efficient than walking. Cause you could put it in fifth gear and just go a lot faster uh, you didn't have to like trot behind it, you know, in fifth gear or whatever. You could just stand on the platform and zip back and forth. But if you had to do a lot of turning and a lot of, you know, um, bobbing and weaving and obstacle courses of things to avoid and get around with a lot of backing up and going forward, that's where a gear drive gets kind of uh, frustrating as well as having, you know, a, a platform that you're standing on a Velky that, that you have to get off constantly for it to flip around so you don't snap your, your angles off. Um, all that became super inefficient as time went on and I was trying to increase my, my business and my workflow. So that's why standing on a mower that you're attached to the mower because it has its own platform just made so much more sense because you can just back up and go forward a million times super fast and easy and never break a sweat, never have to get off the mower and so on. Plus it's faster um, than gear five on the walk behind mower and all that. So more powerful and so on. So it, I, I just saw how more efficient it would be. And that's why I upgraded to that. And it 
made huge difference in, in, in my business. Cause it, like I said, it, I, I saved energy as well as saved time for the reasons I just mentioned. And I was able to add a lot more customers uh, to become clients. And then also, and then that obviously increased my ultimate revenue and kept growing my business, helping me support my family and so on. So that mower has brought me through thick and thin, has always been there, reliable for me, and really helped advance my business. And I don't know where I'd be today without that mower. And I say all of that because I had to borrow more money again for that mower because right around that time, we were also looking at trying to purchase our first house here in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area. We're actually in Midlothian, Virginia for any locals or anyone that's familiar with the central Virginia area because we were renting up until that point because we're originally from New York, both my wife and I. I'm from Albany, New York. She's from Middletown, New York. If anyone even knows where that is, it's by the Poughkeepsie, Newburgh area. Um, So we're from the the state of New York and that general area, not too far from New York City. Uh, But we always were warm-blooded folks and we we like doing stuff outside. So we wanted to have like all four seasons, not just two. I love New York, you know, go New York and everything. I'm a diehard New Yorker, always will be. But... I didn't always like the weather. There was two choices, hot or cold. You know, we had winter for six months and summer. Uh, well, we had winter for like, you know, probably like eight or nine months, it seemed like, and summer for like uh, two or three or whatever, you know, and we'd have spring and fall for like a day maybe. So, you know, it was kind of crazy up there in New York, uh, the state of New York, or at least where we were. And the further north you go, the crazier it gets, I'm sure. But at any rate, we, we wanted to, we always wanted to move further south, talked about having a family and all that. And before and we, and we started having our children and before we, they got too old, you know, like where they remember friends and be missing, you know, school and all that stuff being more difficult to transplant and move. Uh, we said it's it's either now or never. We really need to move. So that's why we moved to the Central Virginia area. But anyway, I, I digress. Just a little more uh, backstory about me and my life there. Uh, but, but at any rate, we were renting because we moved here and we didn't really know too much about the area um, as far as like where we wanted to get a house and all that. We didn't want to jump into all that. So we just looked for a place to rent. So we were, we were just renting um, a townhouse for uh, uh, several years. Um, and, and including when I started my business, we were still renting there. So, uh, at any rate, we decided to finally get a house and during, during that financing process and working with, you know, the mortgage and just getting ready for all that and getting our credit strong and everything, you know, you don't want to mess that up by financing, you know, buying a car or buying a mower, you know, any kind of big purchases or financing um, and, you know, opening up a new credit card, you know, all that kind of stuff you want to stay away from when you're trying to buy a house. You know, you want to get approved for for a mortgage. The last thing you need to do is mess with your credit. You're trying to make it as beautiful as possible. So you're listening to, you know, everyone telling you what you need to do to, to do that. So buying a mower was the last thing we could afford to do for our ultimate family's future. But it was also something I couldn't afford not to do to help grow my business. So, uh, fortunately, a different family member, because the family member that, that, uh, I borrowed, um, from for initially for my trailer and my walk behind mower, uh, wasn't at the time, wasn't able at the time, wasn't in the same situation that they were able to, to lend me some money. And it was even more money than, 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 than the first time. So I understand that. Uh, so, so that, that wasn't an option, but I was still in a bind. So, who helped me out, who I never thought was even, I never even thought about it, was my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law, 
Uh, her name is Liz. She just volunteered completely on her own when she was, you know, my wife was visiting her one day and she asked her, you know, how, how's Naylor doing with his business and everything, you know, because, you know, she, we, we were, we were all close, you know, she was my sister-in-law and she was the closest thing I had to a sibling. I've never had, I don't have any siblings. Um, and she, she's the closest thing to a sibling. I mean, she was my sister-in-law, uh, but she was pretty close to being, you know, actually my sister. So, uh, we, we started to get close there towards the end. Um, and I say towards the end because she has since passed away from breast cancer. So this is why I'm saying that this is a personal episode to me, um, that I'm getting real personal, but she, uh, you know, my, my wife said, you know, how my business is growing and I'm kind of getting, getting, uh, to a point where I'm stuck because I need to upgrade my equipment, but I can't, we can't do anything cause, cause we're trying to get, get, you know, the mortgage for the house. Um, um, you know, he asked such and such if you can borrow some money and they said no. So Liz said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll buy it for him. He could just pay me back. I'll, I'll put it on, on one of my cards and you know, it's zero interest. So he could just pay me back. Um, you know, no, no big deal. And just like without even thinking about it. And to this day, whenever I think about it, it's just, it's, it just really touches me because my entire life, nothing has ever been given to me. Other than, you know, obviously my, my mother giving me life, which I'm greatly appreciative and my wife giving me her hand in marriage, um, and her love and devotion. Like, obviously those things are, are a given, um, you know, that, 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 that I'm so super grateful for those, for those things as well. But I mean, as far as any other like favors or anything like that nothing ever and nothing ever give to me. I had to fight for everything, promotions, you know, at work back in my retail management days, whatever friendships, you know, doing this, doing that, getting this, getting that. It was always a fight for me. Nothing was ever given to me or handed to me. Uh, nothing was ever gifted to me. Um, it, it, it was just, you know, I, I, I definitely had, uh, a humble, you know, life. We'll, we'll say, we'll say that. Um, like I'm sure a lot of folks out there, maybe you that are listening as well, uh, had some humble beginnings, you know, it, it builds character for sure. And then when you get to this point where you have a, a, a good business and, you know, you're fi- financially stable and maybe you're really, really doing well and you're well off and you're super, you know, financially, um, well off, I guess, you know, I'm not saying that's me, but I mean, like it, it, anyone that's developed this kind of character, um, early on is able to kind of handle any of that future success as well as it helps them achieve that future success as well. Kind of stinks that you have to go through all that, but it definitely does strengthen you and build that character. But anyway, so I, I was always like, I was, you know, taken back and, and flabbergasted that she wanted to do that. I thought about it and, you know, I definitely, I, I, you know, I said, okay, let's, let's go ahead. And, and, you know, it, it just felt uncomfortable for me because I was never, no one's ever given me anything like that before, like I said. So, um, but once I got past that, you know, I mean, I was eternally grateful, you know, and our relationship continued to grow. Um, and, you know, I remember when I, when I made that purchase at my dealer, she had to call them, you know, to give them their credit, give her, give them her credit card number over the phone. And, um, you know, she, she was saying how, uh, I mean, my, my, uh, my dealer was saying how they, man, you know, the, you, you, you must have a really, you know, you have a really good sister-in-law. Like that's really nice of her, you know, to be able to do all that. And I was like, absolutely. She's the best. And, you know, unfortunately she had a really tough time, um, battling breast cancer off and on, you know, it went into remission and she, it's like she had a second chance on life, became like the best 
uh, the favorite aunt, you know, my kids would always say, and, you know, inviting them down, down to Florida where she lived at the time and giving them the vacation of the life of their lifetime for a week, whining and dying them, taking them everywhere, all the different parks everywhere and just having a great old time. And whenever she'd come visit us or we'd visit her, she was always like, Oh yeah, no expense. You know, let's do this. Let's do that. Like she just, she really, I, I think had it felt felt that second, you know, chance in life and really stepped everything up to the next level. But then unfortunately, breast cancer came back with a vengeance and completely overwhelmed her body. She had the rarest case of breast cancer um, that just completely took over her whole body and turned into so many other bad things, uh, bad versions. And she, you know, had a really, really tough struggle towards the end there. It was really sad. And she unfortunately lost her battle um, with, with cancer. And, you know, I, I, I was able to, con- you know, I, I talked about this openly during that time frame. Those of you that follow me on YouTube and social media in general, that's, that, that's you know, the time uh, I, I definitely shared a lot of this. Um, I got, uh, you know, on, on, my, on my trailer, my enclosed trailer, I got a ribbon uh, for breast cancer awareness that my daughter drew with half of the ribbon as a dolphin because... Um, Liz loved dolphins. So that was a way of my daughter was trying to cope with everything. Um, you know, so the whole thing was really rough for my family, obviously. And, you know, and I asked if I could take that logo to my printer and see if they could digitize it so that I could put it, you know, put a nice big decal on my trailer to remember her. And I put it on the passenger side of the trailer, you know, to, to symbolize that she'll always be riding shotgun with me because if it wasn't for her, I don't, I don't know where I'd be necessarily with my business because she allowed me to take it to the next level by just buying my mower for me. And then I just had to pay her back, which I did in, uh, within, within a year, the following season, uh, just like previously with my trailer, my walk behind mower. So I was deeply grateful, deeply appreciative, and I've never forgotten that. And every time, you know, I think about different things about that mower, I always think about her. I think about what she did for me. I think about how she's gone and how much she will be missed and how much she was loved and still is obviously, but how much she'll be missed. And, you know, so the fact that that mower just hit 2000 hours, haven't had any problems with the engine. It was my go-to mower as built my company. It was just really nostalgic for me. And I just wanted to share that with you guys, um, as well as just how, um, impactful things in life can be and how things can change and uh, for the better or for the worse, but to keep moving forward and to show appreciation. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how else to, to tie this up, you know, in a bow, but just, I just wanted to share that basically with you guys, uh, because it, it really, um, it really touched me and, um, it, that, that's about it, I guess. I just, you know, I, I know we all have have different stories to share and things to tell. And I definitely was connected with the community in, in, a, in a new way with that, uh, telling that story because I was able to, like I said, share everything. And there's a lot of people that also battled cancer or had loved ones that they battled cancer and uh, won or lost. And it just, we, we all connected on a new level. Um, so I was definitely grateful for that. And I always just love sharing everything with you guys and, and getting feedback. And, um, you know, so ultimately, you know, the, I don't know what, what, what else, how else to, uh, to, to end the episode other than to say, you know, thank you for listening, um, as always. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we will continue to keep growing and, um, thanks for being there for me, um, during, during those tough times. And hopefully I have encouraged everyone, 
in my own way and brought value in my own way. And, um, yeah, it's about, that's, that's about all I got guys. Um, this one was a little bit of an emotional one for me trying to see if I can, um, you know, just get through these feelings and, um, also how also tell a little bit more about my business and my beginnings and how important equipment is and, and things like that. So, all right, guys, I'm rambling now. This is Long Care Rookie signing off. Hey, guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.